Lamb the Autist. I'm just getting it, getting it up so that I don't, so I don't misquote it because it's a very funny quote, bro. Okay, we're ready to go, bro. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey everyone, what's up? It's Griff. Another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll call this one Extreme Diarrhea Episode Three. Tony, we'll just name them all the same. Might be a good idea uh, since we we can't seem to can't seem to get the naming and after 100, almost a hundred episodes, still haven't quite straightened out our process for writing the show notes or putting a name on the podcast. But one of these years, we'll we'll nail it down. Uh, of course, I am joined by my uh, my world famous co host. Um, one of the, I mean, you know, compared to uh, Representative Madison Cawthorn, one of the most able bodied people uh, in in the group of two between him and Madison Cawthorn. Uh, my friend Tony. Tony, what's up? Look, I thought I had a fair, fairly well played Tard card, but that you, dude. Uses his Tard card more than anybody I know. He is yeah. constantly. I was, to, I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to convince you to say something offensive again, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> that was only kind of borderline offensive. Oh, look! Uh, I um, can say that. Tony, if you I did, say I that, did you're in want trouble. To... Yeah, I am. I am. If I say if I say the the R word, I, I think I'm in. I think I got. I'm in a pickle. Um. So Tony. Madison Cawthorn was back in the news this week, and it's not really meaningful. I swear to God, it's, this is—I don't mean this in a meaningful way, because it is so stupid. But um, oh my God, I pulled this up on the fucking Daily Caller, and there are so oh. many ads, bro. <laughs> and that'd be terrible ads, okay. like my pillow. So, there's just nothing. Okay, so this is um, this is what this feller said this week. This was so funny. Um, where is the bit about the tally whacker? Um, okay, here it is. Science is not Burger King. You can't just have it your way. Uh, and then he said, take notes, Madam Speaker. I'm about to define what a woman is for you. XX chromosomes, no tally whacker. It's so simple. <laughs> he said tally whacker, Tony. And that's pretty funny. Does he so he not- was down there, you know, three feet above, three feet above the ground talking about his tally whacker. Which Lord knows, I don't know. Can he do anything with it? This I don't is, know how. I don't know what his situation is. This is what we were trying to work out last week. Was oh yeah, that's right. Wh- now, I, I, this is all I'm thinking about, Tony. I'm, I'm, this is all that's running through my mind. <laughs> but I, I like the fact that um, at least um, John Oliver um, mentioned it. But I'm sure you've seen it. 150 of his former classmates actually signed a letter saying that he was a complete asshole even before his accident <laughs> and was predatory yeah. towards women. And it's just great that regardless of wheelchair or not, assholes come in all shapes and sizes. And he's One of my favourite things is how much stuff is going on in the world and he's like the purest distillation of culture war like the output of what our culture war has been over the last like 10, 12, 20 years is he really, there's really, none of this is really that important. I mean, I understand that there's, 
it's important in the way that it's, you know, offensive and shitty, but it's also, he's not necessarily, uh, there's no impact of what he said. There's no out, no outcome is going to happen because he said no tallywhacker or whatever the hell he said. He's just, this is all he thinks about. The world's totally melting down. Uh, the, the, the fucking ice caps are melting. There's war going on all over the place. And it's like, what's going on with these tallywhackers? <laughs> That's all this fucker's got. That's it. it it's the, um, it's the cable news problem. And it's not, that it's just confined to cable news now. It's it's evolved into sports talk. It's evolved into everything. You've sure. just got to have something to say every moment of the day, and it doesn't <laughs> matter how inconsequential it actually is and how much it doesn't matter. You've just got to get somebody's pulse up for five seconds, and I don't think that even ach- achieves that. I don't know. No, it doesn't. It just got us talking about it because it was so funny, but... Can you imagine, like, is there anybody in the shit part, Hendersonville, North Carolina, who was watching that speech, which was on C-SPAN? Do you think he was up there? They're like, oh, I got to turn on for Madison Cawthorn's five minutes no. on C-SPAN. I don't know. <laughs> it's no way. But as you were saying, it, it's sort of the modern distilling of, of that effect. And it's not about even getting a um, note up on C-SPAN. It's about getting mentions on Twitter and it doesn't matter where yeah. he says it. He's just got to say it somewhere and be part of the public it's record just be out there. to get some, some bot. And it's not even probably some human to react to it. And, and that's what we're now getting is the actual baiting is getting dumber and dumber because it's not actually humans responding. And if, if it is humans, they're really dumb humans that are responding to like tallywhackers. It's us. Yeah. Uh, what is now, what is, now, Tallywhacker was a, was one I wasn't. I, I got the gist of it, but I hadn't heard that one before. I think what's, he what, made do it you have up. Any, you think he made that one up? Do you have any silly um, silly euphemisms for your for your cock and balls, Tony? Donger that are like Tallywhacker Donger. That's a that's a solid one. That is a, yeah. a solid one um, because you in Australia, if you're thirsty, you would sometimes say you're you're as dry as a dead dingo's donger. Oh wow. That's pretty good. That's got the alliteration and everything. I it like does. Um, just trying to think. A lot of the times when you try to come up with one of those names, it comes off as like just say dick and balls or penis rather yeah, than prick. trying to come up with something clever. Like yeah. if you're using prick on the record, it doesn't sound great. Tallywhacker just sounds like you're eight years old and you've come up with that yourself. <laughs> um, just say what it is. Don't say pee. Yeah. Just P- no, I'm saying PP. It's all PP all the time for me. Like, oh, just sounds gross. <laughs> Unless you've got what a name that? for it. If you name your junk Steve, fine, call it Steve. But but yeah. as like a a cl- that's a new one. I've never named it. Yeah, I never came up with a name for mine. No, no, it's just it does it doesn't it. Do, you know what? I, I'm having a hard time seeing a lot of emotion in it these days. See, so it's I'll, hard to sort of assign a name to it. I've I've got Steve. And he hangs out with Doris and Bertha. Okay. Bertha. Is, is that the bigger one or is that the smaller one? You would think it's the bigger one, but Bertha's actually the smaller one out of the two. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Bertha's the one that's rock hard. Just kidding. Um, all right, Tony. Speaking of shows with a lot of 
dick and balls talk. Uh, I know I got caught up on this winning time show. Um, I don't remember if we talked about it on air last week or not, but um, I, I started watching it. Uh, I, of course, because I'm a big piece of shit with, with the wife gone, I, um, I did sit and watch up all four episodes after we recorded last week. Nice. Just because I can't force myself to go to sleep. I'm just sitting there blowing through them. Um, I think it's pretty decent. You know, I, I'm, I'm starting, I, I'm enjoying it. It's very horny. It's way more horny <laughs> than it needs to be. Don't you think? It's like, it's insanely horny. Of course, everything's over the top. That's that's the great thing about it. Like, they could have tried to play it straight lace, but this is not a straight lace version of what actually happened. There are truths that they frame things around, but the one thing that is True. probably correct is everybody in the show is an arsehole. You show me a character in that show that is sympathetic, um, and I'll say you, you haven't been paying attention because everybody's portrayed as an arsehole. And um, it's really fun in that regard. There's no sort of heroes. There's no hero to this story. Magic's an arsehole. Kareem's an arsehole. Norm Nixon's an arsehole for a time. Ron Boone's an arsehole. Um. Kareem is... Um, Kareem was a sort of a different type of character when he was playing. Yes. Uh, for sure. And I think that you can kind of see how it you know, his sort of, I, I think it's sympathetic in a way. I don't think, I don't, I don't you sympathize with everything he does, but do I have sympathy for Kareem? Not really. I think he's fine. No, but, no, but, um, but I don't get any sympathy from that, that story. It's just like, here's a dude that was full of his own self-importance that wasn't as big an activist as he is now, who was. No, he wasn't at the time. And I think he felt like he was, um, not achieving his goals more than likely um, by playing basketball. But yeah. at least that's what the story portrays. I don't know if that was true or not, you know. Um, now, magic, magic, you know, whatever. Magic, I think magic is a different type of asshole now. I know he's just insanely comically wealthy, but <laughs> um, the uh, uh, I did like Jack McKinney. I do like yep. him in the show. I think he's, you know, he's going to, he's about to leave the show for a yep. while, but uh, he, um, enjoy those first he was five good, episodes. That's all I, I'll say. I always felt bad about that. I mean, I was just waiting for the scene where he's going to make, they're going to make him get on the bike. And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. And, uh, you've, you've caught it, that. If you watch, that's the one problem I have with this show is it feels like it's going to go on for a long time. And one problem with having a show go on for a long time where you know everything that's going to happen is sort of a problem, right? Well, I mean, isn't there an issue with doing five seasons of a show where I exactly know what the out, like every part of the story? But then wouldn't that be a problem with The Crown? Like, it's the same fictionalized version as The Crown. Like, the royals are not this. They're worse in many ways than what are portrayed in the crown, they're also nowhere near as dramatic or or as terrible in different ways. And I think that's true with the Lakers documentary. Like, how are we going to get redemption for Pat Riley? Like, at the moment, he's a, a dweeb that's having he's trouble dweeb. with Chick, Chick Hearn. And I, I kind of liked him as a dweeb better than I like him now, to be fair. But <laughs> and I mean, dwe dweeb Pat Riley was much friendlier than I think <laughs> Pat Riley version D that we're on now. Yeah, but who be, who becomes a villain, then who gets redemption? Some of these stories are not told. The major players we know. We know Magic, we know Kareem, 
We know Jerry West. Um, but well, if it's based on the book, I mean, I've read the book. The book okay. does end. You know, yeah. I mean, they started the, they started the show with the end of the book. That's the end of the book. Okay. Is what they is what the beginning of the show is. Okay, I, um, I haven't read the book. It's just a fun concept for a show, and it yeah. is. No, I think it's a great show. I just I just wonder when we get to episode fifty. You we're know, not going we're to run season, episode fifty. We're in season five. We're through five episodes, and the man just hit his head. But you know, <laughs> I, I I think we're actually going to do three seasons total. I don't think this is going to be a show that goes on for so long. I like, think three seasons makes sense. I think they do this. the The first season is the origin story, and then. Yep. Season two is the, you know, half of the Riley era, and then season three is the, the end of it. That's yeah, presumably what it's going to be. But. The magic sort of story there at the end. And the right. interesting um, character that would be fun to play, but he's playing a complete asshole, is um, what's his name out of How I Met Your Mother, um, playing Paul Westall. Paul Westhead. Paul Westhead, yeah. sorry. Um, if, if it was Paul Westfall, that'd be a different thing. I do remember Paul Westfall coaching Phoenix. So. Yeah. Um, Paul Westhead is Jason Siegel. Yes. I think he's pretty, pretty, he's a little bit more, you know, I think he's a little more slapstick than, uh, or, or not slapstick is the right word. He's just a little more like awkward, dweebish, dorky. Uh, but I actually never knew Paul Westhead. So, I mean, I barely, it's not like I, I don't think he got portrayed in the book as being this sort of awkward doofus but see i don't see him as an awkward doofus he's one of these guys that thinks he's the smartest dude in the room in every room he walks in like he the way i sort of see it is is that um he he was waiting for a chance to birth through and be the leader because he thought he was he was the power behind Everybody, he was making all the little moves that that made the puppet run. Sure. And I think once um, once he actually got to to center stage, it didn't quite work out that way. And he got canned in the third season. So yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll well we won't see what happens because we already know what happens. But we'll see how they act it out. Yeah. Um, I like uh, I like the short I like the short Pat Riley the the five foot eight Pat Riley that's pretty <laughs> funny to me to see that but, um uh, maybe we'll get maybe we'll get the maybe the next thing they could have Adrian Brody try to coach the nineties Knicks I think that'd be pretty good yeah <laughs> <laughs> that'd, that'd be a fun show <laughs> that would be um, a fun show because those nineties Knicks oh wow. Um, uh, you can get Brian going off on Charles Smith in like a heartbeat. <laughs> you you can. just bring up Charles Charles Smith. The man, the man will not stop talking about Charles Smith for for at least an hour. It's pretty uh, good. Uh, Tony, I did hit up the. Uh, uh, you're gonna like this. I hit up the fish taco joint this weekend. Nice. Uh, actually, actually hit up the fish taco joint twice this past weekend. Oh, you are a terrible um, human being. Not both for gambling, but I did gamble both times. Uh, Brian and I did did go get. We actually got and ate fish tacos, which was sort of an unusual thing to do at the fish taco restaurant. They were pretty good, um, so they make a solid taco. We can at least throw that into the list. And uh, made made myself a, 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 a you know twenty or forty bucks or something. That's and then and, um, and then. Uh, Sunday, Tony, I went ham on the goddamn place. We went to the to the to a different location of the fish taco restaurant once after Kelly landed because we had some friends who invited us out. 
and uh, I, I I tore the damn place a new asshole. I uh, <laughs> got like four of a kind, three or four times, four or five times maybe, including one four four fours with a kicker. Wow. Uh, got the got the big one, and they were playing the game where they pass the puck around. So if you if when when there's um when you get a four of a kind, if, if you have the puck at the end, because the hockey was happening, okay. so if you have the puck at the end of the second period or whatever, you win an extra 25 bucks. If you have it at the end of the game, you have an extra 50. So I won that twice. Uh, I was just rolling in it. It was a, it was a big day. I, I wonder, when do I get my premium rewards from the goddamn fish tacos? That's what I want. Do I get a lounge? Are we going to the diamond lounge at the That's Wahoos? what I was, what I was just doing? about to ask. What would the diamond lounge version be at the fish taco place is there like a spot at the bar that's a1 that would be reserved for like the two members of this club you and and some yeah. other bar fly or? i think i think we can get some premium drinks maybe we can get some top shelf uh top shelf drinks i was just drinking 805 which was fine but um yeah hook us up with some with some solid uh maybe some like um yeah, Blanton's or some pappy something like that you know drinking pappy in there yeah some 12 year old it pappy. was just really funny uh, too far in bed with the fish taco restaurant, Tony. I think that's a problem. Um, but hey, yeah, you were drinking spirits, maybe because you were hanging out with Brian. I don't know, but to me, fish tacos ultimate beer food. When you when you think about it, it's a great combo. It goes with. See, we, yeah, yeah. No, it is. No, I agree. They they have the they have the eight hundred five lager with lime there. That's good. That's a nice beer. And great combo with fish tacos. Fish taco, yeah. Yeah. Love a good lime beer. And I'm not talking Miller Chill here, but a, a good beer. I've had some Miller Chill in my day. I've drank a Miller Chill. I drank a Miller Chill. I drink. Um, I, I had a buddy who couldn't drink enough BLLs, baby. Bud Light Limes. He couldn't get enough of the damn things. He loved that shit. It was the best. It's just like um, pouring um, lime cordial, you know? Yeah. Oh no! I used to do that too. I I didn't do it, but there is um at, in college at the pl- this bar called Brothers, you would there was a guy a local a, a townie in Champagne who would encourage us to pour roses lime juice. You know what that shit is? The lime like it's just lime sugar juice. It's okay. Nasty. Yeah, it's probably what. And he would cordial. he would top off your um your your Miller Genuine Draft with uh you take the bottle and you, and then you do like the inversion thing on it or whatever with the lime juice. Damn. That was nasty right there. Can't get enough of that. <laughs> um, but when you think no, about you it, how different is that to flavoring a Berlin of ice with a syrup that's traditional in, with a Woodruff syrup? Or well, besides the Berliner Weiss and the, and the syrup tasting good, I should say nothing. Um, so that's maybe the, Maybe the biggest difference is that Rose's Lime and uh, Miller Lite or whatever, Miller Genuine Draft are maybe not two of the greatest uh, things in the world. No, but uh, Brian and I did. Brian and I did drink margaritas. By the way, I do want to point out, and those okay. are those are decent with fish tacos too. Oh, good choice. That'd be the way yeah. to go. It's not bad. We'll have to get him back um, on. I'm sure he's come up with some more cocktail recipes of late. He actually did. He he made me a, an old fashioned with rose. He made rosemary syrup, rosemary simple syrup, which was actually pretty decent. Somebody needs to tell that dude that he is everything that he used to make fun of. Like that is the <laughs> ultimate hipster move. I make something from scratch, and then 
I'm an asshole for doing that, but now he's making his own syrups and from scratch, not buying them from a shop. Making his own syrups. He's muddling his fucking his fucking candied orange and cherry. He's got his fancy ice. Uh, he's got his rosemary syrup. He's got his uh, smoke wagon local local Nevada bourbon. Uh, the man and, and you know once he uh, once he grows sort of a one of them pencil thin must mustaches maybe or uh, gets himself a couple more flannel shirts. I think we might might have him in the bag. I would love to see him with a piece. A pencil-thin mustache. Like a trash with, mustache, yeah. With also the soul patch, um, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, but the highly shaped soul patch with extra growth at the bottom. Yeah. I think he looks a little too good. healthy, I think, for, to be a hipster, though. He's he's a oh. little too uh, – he, he's going to have to shave off about 60, 60, 70 pounds and get real sickly looking. Yep. He's, he's got a bit too much mm. meat on his bones, but he's not pushing to the fat hipster enough. No, he he's not a fat hipster. Another. He's just a normal sized person. But I think he either need to be a the fat hipster. You have to be the the like hundred and thirty pound weasel hipster. Yep, and he's that neither. looks like like a like a waif <laughs> or an ur- urchin. Uh, one of those. Um, speaking of urchins, Tony uh, and orphans. Um, actually, I don't know if B- <laughs> BTS does seem like something that was put together. Of, like out of orphans, like a boy band that was formed out of an orphanage or something like that. Um, but they're coming to Vegas, Tony. We got two weekends here that are about to go fucking nuts <clears throat> because we got this damn BTS coming to town. You familiar with BTS, Tony? Behind the scenes, of course. It's That yeah. was the thing on The Simpsons, wasn't it, that they always used to do, like behind the music. I thought oh. you were going to say, like, I thought you were going to do a porno thing. I assumed you were going to say, like, you know, you were going to say uh, Brie Olsen BTS. That's one of my favorite videos or something. <laughs> no, no, but I am familiar with the K-pop band that is BTS. Um, sure. One of the biggest so got, we, um, yeah. K-pop bands. They are K-pop, aren't they? That is what they are. That is right. I believe so. Yeah. Um, the other coming to town, they got a hundred, hundred some, supposedly a hundred some thousand uh, BTS fans at at least. Uh, I would guess a few more, eight hundred fifty are going to be meandering about. So the Las Vegas area. I hope they drink and gamble because there ain't much else to do. <laughs> take me through where this is going to take place. Is it's going to be at the football stadium? Because if you're going to have a yeah. hundred and fifty thousand. There's there's not many venues that that can hold that many fans. And they are doing well. They, it's not for one night. They are uh, doing four nights at the football stadium. I've never seen anything like that before. They're doing four nights at the football. So they're doing this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, or no, Friday, Saturday, and next weekend, Friday, Saturday. Oh, so, so taking, they got taking off midweek. Yeah, got, that is a sweet deal. So. But yeah, they're, many... they're banging out a mini residency at the goddamn place at the football stadium. It's nuts. And this is an honest question, and this is an old guy get off my lawn kind of question. How many BTS fans are of legal drinking age? And oh, I would age? think I, I at least one because I have uh, <laughs> I have one friend coming to town that is going to both both nights next weekend. Oh, going to both nights. Yeah, I have no doubt that. But are we talking like thirty percent that are legal drinking age? Fifty percent? No, I'm thinking like 80 percent. I, I don't no, I think, think it'll be that high. I think this is more I think a you're getting, thing. 
No, I think you're getting way more adults. I think it's way more mid twenties, late twenties, early Thursdays, Thursdays, early thirties. I think it has more to do with. Um, I'm I'm treading. I'm trying to tread as lightly as I can. I think this is more um, of a cultural thing than it is an age thing. Okay. Yep. I, I get if, you. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think there's. Um, I, I, I would guess there are many teenage fans of BTS. I don't know how many of them are coming to Las Vegas to see a BTS show. Well, um, I, 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 I don't know what their other American tour dates are. I know they did. They've done. They've had a number of dates like set up. I know they did. I, I believe they had a date in New York and Chicago set up. So whatever. I just know they're they're banging out a few a few shows here. But um, I, I do believe it's because. Um, there's uh, uh, there there are a lot of like specials and stuff getting set up around town, and they're sort of at places that maybe you you would you know some of the Hawaiian slash Asian restaurants, some of the um, uh, the resorts world has stuff going on. Uh, there there's some installations at, at different at like the Bellagio and stuff. So I, I I think it's I think it's more I think it's more cultural than it is than it is like Backstreet Boys, you know, teenage girls. So I, Not that there isn't that contingent. Yeah, um, for me, I I get what you're saying about cultural, but I think there's been a bigger crossover than what you think, and it's not so much teenage girls, but it is a younger crowd, post millennial no, crowd, yeah. Zoomers or whatever the fuck they're called, that um, are involved with it. I don't think it's it, it's yep. gendered, say like Backstreet Boys was, but it. I think it skews much younger on the whole than my suspicion is you're looking at a crowd that's typical that's probably ranging between 15 and 35 33 30. I, I don't think it reaches that high. No. I think at least well it does because the one person I know coming is 33 34 so I just... but <laughs> one person doesn't make a rule they're the exception. I'm sorry but sure um, to say they're the the majority of BTS fans, I don't buy that, and that's I don't know. I, I'm curious. Not now you got me. I really don't have any research to to validate other than knowing you know played at the Grammys. You know, I don't know who watches that. Um, nobody. They nobody. They um, and and they're coming to Vegas, so they at least would have to have a feel that they would have people old enough to spend time in Vegas or that would be interested in spending time in Vegas, right? You would guess. I don't not, know. Not necessarily because you, you've you got um, people with them, whether they be parents or even just elder siblings taking them there. You've got it as a great location to come from the West Coast or even inland that aren't saying BTS. It's, it's anything on that, that western side of America. It may be the closest says, places that they have that has a, accommodation to have that many fans. Like in LA, you're going to be paying a shit ton for hotel rooms compared to Vegas to go and see. Okay, so you're not, you're, not too, you're not too far off. I looked this up. This is, but no, this is from Korea, so I, don't, I think it's probably different. <laughs> Uh, than it is here in the states uh, to a little to a degree, um, but maybe not. So it's about fifty percent of the fans are younger than eighteen. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. 
It's just that yeah, you have a lot of people. Like when you have that bigger fan base, we're talking millions of people. This is not a small um, niche act. These these guys are well, no, much- only, yeah, and then. 18 to 29 is 42.59%. So you're looking at a, you're looking at a, and then you got another, whatever that is, probably eight to 10% that's older than 30. Yeah. And that's how I thought it would break down. And that's fine. And that's still going to bring a lot of people over the age of 18. But I think a lot of that crowd is going to be very young. It's going to bring a lot of hotel rooms into the town. But the gambling is not going to be crazy. You're going to see um, all the no, supplementary be- facilities for younger people maxed out. But the actual gambling, it'll be no different to any other big event that brings in thirty or 50,000 people into a, a Vegas weekend, really. There's going to be a fan. There's going to be a fan who... Uh- who misses one of the shows because they get addicted to Baccarat or something. Oh, for sure. Who doesn't love good (laughs) old-fashioned Baccarat? Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty good. All right, Tony, why don't we move on to the Discord? Let's do that. All right, some good activity on the old Discord this week. Thanks to all of our... Lovely fans and friends who like to post all their funny little posts that we can read on here because I need to pass the goddamn time. We got a new Coke type, Tony. New Coke type is coming out. Uh, We had that Starlight Coke that I didn't try because I don't really like full sugar Coke, Tony. It's not good. Yeah, Um, but I hear it is phenomenal. I've got some friends that are not big into Coke normally. Bro, the full... The full sugar Starlight has 65 grams of sugar. Bro. I know. It's death. Because um, it's I, I was chatting with somebody and they're like, right there. oh, it's only got 212 calories. I said, but how many grams of sugar? And he's, he said, oh, fuck, 65 grams of sugar, which I forget how many teaspoons that is, but that's a shit ton. But the thing with Starlight is it apparently... Well, that's it's more than I eat, eat in a day. I know it. It it's should be well and truly more than you eat in a day. The interesting thing I find with Starlight, it doesn't taste the same to everybody, and you can really say that about soft drinks. Normally, they we all know what Coke tastes like as a baseline. We know what Cherry Coke tastes like. We know what Mountain Dew tastes like. Everybody has a consensus on what it tastes like. But with Starlight, everybody kind of has their own, own view on it, whether it's vanilla or whether it's, it's something else that's going on there. Well, Tony, they're doing it again. I mean, now listen, just like just like the taste of Starlight, Tony, none of us can agree. How much, what does space taste like? What if it tastes like ass? You know, then millennials are ahead of the curve, right? I'm, I'm going to you take... It? You get it, Tony? You get it? I do. But I'm going to take millenn- a guess. Yeah, all right. I'm going to take a guess, and it tastes like Madison Cawthorn's asshole. If it's going to taste like <laughs> any one person's asshole, it's going to taste like his yeah. asshole. Mm. Can't even wipe the goddamn thing. Actually, maybe you can. I, I actually don't know. Um, let's figure figure that out for next week. Huh? We're working up these BTS average ages. Let's look up, you know, the ass the ass processes of that man. Can I take it? Anyway, what the new flavor's called? Because I haven't seen it. Can I go for it? it? I you haven't seen it? Okay, Tony, go ahead. I'm going to say it is Coke Tallywacker Edition. <laughs> it tastes it tastes like. A tallywhacker. So we, you and I, can 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 see if we can confirm our findings. Um, 
No, this one's called Byte, Tony. Byte with a Y, like a like a megabyte or a kilobyte or, um, you know, a terabyte. Even is a big a big version of a byte. Um, this looks more megabyte sized. Not a not a big one. Not a big huge one. Um, this is like a twelve ounce can here. It's a pink can with there are some little Tron blocks floating around. If you guys ever saw the Simpsons episode where Homer becomes three D. Um, at the end of the Treehouse of Horror, it's on a grid with some little cubes. You might have learned from Professor Frank what a cube is in that show. Um, so there are some cubes here. And uh, it, this is from the Food Network. Uh, yes. This was written by um, Bobby Flay. Uh, just kidding. It was not written by Bobby Flay. Uh, it asks, what does a pixel taste like? That may sound like a Zen Cohen. Is it Cohen, Tony? Like a Zen parable? I've never actually said that word out loud. Um, you know, like what is the sound of one hand clapping? Ah, but in actual, but it's actually a question Coca-Cola is promising to answer with a mind blowing new beverage. Coca-Cola zero sugar bite. Oh, zero sugar. Okay. Um, <laughs> I always interested all right. Uh, inspired by gaming, I, I just get that weird feeling that I would get from drinking Coke with the fake sugar, which is I immediately become s- fucking starving. Um, oh, I, so I don't find that game- with the uh, Coke Zero Sugar. Diet Coke, yes. Diet Coke is ass, but Coke yeah. Zero Sugar. No, both be- of them. I'm, I'm like dying of hunger. Really? That is so weird. Maybe it's just a I think it's because my body, my body is expecting sugar, but it, it doesn't. Well it's not sugar. So it's like, why are, why are you not feeding me my delicious sugar? Um, this is inspired by gaming, Tony, and it's touted as the first ever Coca-Cola flavor born in the metaverse. Yes. Um, the Coca-Cola company says that the new limited edition soda transcends the digital and physical worlds and will bring the flavor of pixels to life. Mm. Now... What date was this published, the article? I, I tried to look at the article, but you went all... This is April 4, April okay. 4, 2022 AD, okay. Year of Our Lord. I just wanted um, to check that this was not an April Fool's joke because this sounds no. fucking awful. Not so much that the beverage is going to taste awful. It's just going to taste like a Coke limited edition flavour. But the whole branding and PR thing around it, it's just fucking ass. Bro, this is just what these people are doing. I, I, I've mentioned it here, but an unnamed client um, of, of, a, of a close relative to me, uh, a, a very close relative, I gotcha. uh, was, was seeking out um, uh, research on how they can get involved in the metaverse with, say, a breadstick, potentially. Um, okay, anyways, let's, let's just brainstorm this. Let's not get brand-specific. But let's take the idea of a breadstick. How do we mm-hmm. jazz that up for the new age? I'm thinking. Yeah. Let's let's get some symmetry Make with what we were speaking about. Cock. Just kidding. Well, that's one form of symmetry. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, can we do anything around the K-pop phenomenon? Can because we've got like um, <laughs> honey butter chips. Tony's, can we do like a honey butter breadstick and call Tony's it the BTS K-pop special on the brain? He wants. He wants a. What is that stuff called? The um. Uh, the spaghetti. What, what is it called? The um. Uh, chopaghetti. A chopaghetti flavored. Um. 
but but you do it with um, meat bulbs and uh, bread bread. You got your honey butter breadsticks. Done. K-pop K-pop uh, uh, food. Now, what, what are we going is. to call it? Because it's got to have a catchy name. That's something that's um, futuristic. It ta- well, you have to figure out what it tastes like, right? So it can't be K. You can't say it tastes like Korean food because it really is just a ripoff of of normal Korean, you know, yeah. household food. So you'd have to say it tastes like um, it tastes like uh, you have to say something vaguely, maybe like racist or, or cult, <laughs> like a culturally uh, insensitive, but but it's not because it's in the metaverse. So you could say it tastes like. Um, uh, mm, like, uh, it tastes like a, the you know climbing up a a, a cool um, mountain. Uh, a pagoda that, that in Italy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> in Italy. That's perfect. That's not. It's 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 like if it's like if um, uh, uh, Mount Everest came to the Alps. Uh, I don't know. Fucking stupid. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, we should not have a podcast. Uh, yeah, so came to the Alps. So wild, right, right. moving from the Himalayas to wherever, whatever. Uh, according to the brand, Coca-Cola Zero Sugar Bite has a bright upfront taste ah, that is reminiscent of powering up a game and a refreshing <laughs> finish that makes for a perfect gaming companion. So this is to play Fortnite with. That's yeah. exactly what it is. But this is for playing for. Fork knife. You gotta play fork knife with this um, and sit in your gamer throne and uh, drink yourself some sugar bite. Powering up a game, does anyone do that anymore? Is well, that, that's what I, I was mean, about to point out because I've got the current gen of consoles, they're called next gen, but it's fucking current gen. If you've got it, it's current. And it's PS5. Instant- no, Xbox. PS- Xbox, okay. Yeah, Xbox Series S. Now, the point with that is it's always on, instant on. I press the button, yeah. it's on, and we go. We don't wait. We don't power up a game. This is designed by somebody in PR who has never played anything other than mobile games or an SNES. That's probably the last time they touched a game. Yeah, you're putting, uh, you're, putting, you're putting super super RBI baseball into the Super, super Nintendo, if you're yeah. me. And then you're like, and then you're taking it out to switch games or something. You're like, why did it get so hot? And that's a weird smell. And that smell, by the way, is melting plastic. If yeah, you're wondering, like overheating plastic. Well, and it is a very familiar smell. I will point that out. But you it, say plastic. But if the soda tastes like it, I'm not sure if I want that. So you say melting plastic. I always thought it was more the metal heating up, giving off a smell. It probably is. It's just that hot, it's that hot, fabricated hot smell, whatever that the is, best. right? Where it smells like, yes, yeah, something that was made in a... Yeah, right? So just fucking... Get this, Give get me a this bump man of that. Fucking, yeah, hit of that shit right there. Um, Tony, I'm not going to promise that I'm going to try to get this because I never actually follow through on any of it. But if I end up at a Smith's or something and I find it, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to give it a shot. But I really don't. You know what? I have just I have gone a long way from from pop, Tony. I don't really drink it. I enjoyed those Bud Light seltzer colas, but only because they didn't have that sickly sweet finish to them. It's finished more like seltzer. Um, but there's just something about the the soda taste these days that I, I just am not a fan anymore. It's just, I, I stopped drinking it for too long. That's why. Yeah. I, I still like my sodas, but 
kind of like you, I haven't gone back into the sugar realm. Um, and so all my stuff is sugar-free. And I only go with the brands that I now enjoy. I don't know whether they taste anything like sugar, but, yeah, give me Coke Zero Sugar, that, that stuff's good. Or Coke No Sugar as it's branded in, in Australia. Yeah. But right. the interesting thing, is Coke trying to infringe on Mountain Dew? Because I always thought as Mountain Dew Code Red or whatever it is, as like the gaming brand that everybody like thought well, of when they thought of video games and, and cola or... Ma- Mountain Doctrine. Dew, Mountain Dew has really cornered that gamer space because they have those Mountain Dew energies and stuff, and and they're they're really trying to hit that gamer area. So, I mean, it's not, and it, I think they're trying now. Pepsi is Mountain Dew, right? Pepsi yep. owns Mountain Dew. Yeah, sure is. So maybe they're Australia. trying to they're trying to nudge in on there. If you don't like the taste of Mountain Dew, or if you get a stomach ache from it, which is me, if I got a stomach ache from it at age nineteen, there's a one hundred percent chance that age 36 six me is going to be going to be fucking aching if i drink a code red but um maybe you just maybe you just need something a little less intense than the fucking mountain dew gamer fuel or whatever that shit is called i don't remember but they have something like that wasn't there a drink that somebody made or some joke i remember a twitter joke floating around called like gamer cum or something (laughs) (laughs) shit i don't know Sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm gross. Um, uh, PMAC gave us some news that we're going to be talking about later, so we're going to save that for the news segment. But thank you, PMAC, for for putting out some news. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, what else is floating around, Tony? Did I did I overstate how much how much interesting stuff we have out on the no, Discord no, we, this week? We, we definitely had some beer chat. Nick Talk was um, about 40 minutes down the road from me at uh, the Grand Ridge Brewery. Uh, and that is certainly showing its age. It is sort of the grand old dame of Australian craft beer. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing of where that's located, um, I sit between Melbourne and a coal belt. We're not in, right. a, in the coal belt itself. We have clear skies most of the time. But where Nick was, that is directly in and around the coal pits in Australia. And trust me, we love our fossil fuels in Australia. So there's probably a good chance that that is cleaned regularly, but that's just like coal build up from from the the big open cut mines and the, the big power plants that are in the area. But um, it is the oldest brewery that I know is continually sort of yeah. independent craft that does its own thing. It doesn't keep up with the times. It, they're doing nothing modern. Um, they have Gippsland Gold, which is, I think, their Pilsner. Yeah, they yeah, have, you've talked about that before. Yeah, they have their Stouts. They don't do anything spectacular, but they've been around for 30-odd years now. So got to hand them to, to that. They've got some good staying power, that's for sure. Keep pump, pumping out that beer, baby. you got to do it. Um. Little activity in the show chat because, uh, of course, as we mentioned, we did we did miss. Uh, I, I did make a boo boo and not post the show notes, and then Tony just Tony in true Ron Burgundy fashion just takes whatever the show notes at the bottom are, no matter what, and plops them into the show. I have so, show um, note disease. What can I say? If they're there, Command C, and they get gonna, He's going to take it out. Yeah. Um, so we, we did edit that. So if if you guys are looking for last week's show, it is up there. If um, if you need, hey. And just think of this as a double dip in that case. We actually helped you out because now if you have to like, I don't know, what do people do in the spring? You got to go pull weeds. Don't do that here. Or you got to go mow the lawn. You know, no, now you, you got to. somebody to do, to do that. You go out yeah, and get hay fever. 
go mow the dirt. I ain't got to do shit. Um, <laughs> what is your uh, gardening situation like? Do, is it like, have you got no, like we, we don't have anything. Or just nothing? Uh, so actually we're in an upstairs, our town home, we're in a triplex, Tony. A triplex? Um, so, I know what a duplex right. is, but triplex? We got three townhomes in here. So there are two two-story townhomes um, that have sort of what I would call the um, the back of the building um, toward uh, a back. There's a little backyard back there. And what, what, what we have is the upstairs above the garages that are underneath us. So underneath us facing the street are the garages where people pull their cars in and above the garages is our unit. Yep. We have a one floor. We, we, we technically have a two floor unit because we have a downstairs that goes out to our garage and a little hallway there, but that's <laughs> it. That's downstairs. Yep. And the rest of it is all upstairs. Um, so we don't have a, we don't have a yard. We have a balcony um, that we can sit in. And then in our front, we have like some rocks and a couple of bushes that I don't really have to maintain or do anything with. Um, yep. And actually, I don't think they require any particular maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> they just um, Most of the like, like backyard areas here uh, have been shifted to artificial grass. If you want grass, you would put in some kind of, uh, um, you know, astro grass type stuff. Um, if you're smart, uh, unless you want to pay a ass load for water and also waste it by dumping it on grass that shouldn't live here. Look, we have an abundance of grass here, um, but it's something that we never do. It was something that we did when I was a child, was watering the grass during summer. We just let it die out. It'll grow back. Oh, yeah, I always let it die out. It just goes dormant, yeah. Yeah. I I I let it die out in Chicago all the time. They would would try to get you in trouble with the Homeowners Association. And I'm like, that's so wasteful to water it. I mean, there's not enough water. There's just not enough water I can get out of this hose to replicate fucking rain, bro. Like, See, I thought that was going to be the opposite problem. I thought you were going to get in trouble for watering your lawn for wasting water. But are you telling me... Here you will. Here in Vegas you will. In Chicago, they didn't care. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah, no, it's awful. That's gross. Yeah, miserable. Nope, not good. I, I look at people watering the garden and I think, you are just trying to waste... Fairly precious resource. Like, sure. Let me use that water to brew beer for fuck's sake, rather than trying right, to make something green. Use. And I understand for farmers, they need it, and that that's really the important part. They're not growing their grass for vanity; they're putting a green top on it to create nutrients, so I can have my delicious burger. Yeah. Well, here they're um, here. All of the waters coming out of the Colorado River to grow more almonds than should ever exist. But whatever. Yeah. Um, drink cow milk, so, people. Don't drink almond milk. Cow milk is the way to go. Oh, I'm drinking almond milk. Actually, I'm drinking oat milk now, Tony. Oh. is my new milk. Some um, of one of the worst substances to put in your body. You might as well put coke in your body at that point. I'm not talking cocaine, but you know the red oat stuff. milk. It's just oats, isn't it? It's just oats soaked in water. Yes, but from a glycemic <laughs> index, it actually takes none of the nutrients and all the sugar. Oh, I put it in my oatmeal, so I get the nutrients back oh. from the oats. Don't worry. <laughs> it's but then perfect. Put, just put water or real milk in it, for fuck's sake. Yeah, the, the, the dairy. I'm not my the dairy isn't so good on me anymore, Tony. These days, um, Jesus, you fussy. I I didn't do I didn't choose this. 
I didn't want this. <laughs> That's not what I want. I don't want to be shitting my pants because I because I drink a glass of milk. Suck it up, um, princess. Suck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah all right, I'll just shit. I'm shit my damn pants. Just matter some cause on that shit. Just wear a diaper around. That's a good idea, actually. Now I'm kind of on board with the guy. Um, so Max Lopman, <laughs> same title. I, I did mention that we had the same title on the show, and he said, oh, I deleted it already, so I need to fish it out of the trash. <laughs> kind of fitting for this whole endeavor, huh? <laughs> um, in all honesty, I'm looking forward to the next regional, as that is a great format for Untrapped. Thank you, Max. Yeah, and regardless of what people say, you guys, well, mainly me, you guys do a nice job. Thank you, Max. Very kind of you. Um, we will, we will, we're going to, we got, I salute, yeah, we, we love our, we love, we love our fans, especially Max, uh, who participates in the discord. Thank you. Um, and, uh, we will be doing some more untrapped regionals today. So get excited. Um, so, uh, oh yeah. Big news is that Corey did win the bracket contest. Congrats to Corey who will be having to come on the show. He will be punished with a visit onto the show to have to play the game with Tony. We, I haven't decided what we're going to do yet. Uh, we could do the final four with him since he's such a bracket expert. Yeah. I like or it. we could bring him on or we could bring him on for something extra. We'll decide if we can set when we can set him up. So let's, uh, he says, throw me in the well with the porno. So God this damn is right. My let's problem. get that porno in there. You have to, you don't have to share Tony. No, we'll no, no, not my problem. I just think there could be some max match fixing going on i think he could deliberately throw <laughs> this event to try and get himself in the well he probably knows yeah. that i'm going to crush it and i'm going to be out of the well and he's going to have that whole area to himself you have been crushing it the first two weeks uh, pretty <laughs> pretty well with by not getting out of it so um only uh, we had some good we had a little gambling uh Mr. W. Tudes made some Emily Futures bets. You don't know anything about this, Tony, and neither no. do I. So he's got we got Carlos Correa over 25 and a half homers. I like it. It's fun rooting for something to happen, right? Like for to hit more homers. Um yep. Bryce Harper under 97 and a half RBI. It's no. kind of fun. Okay. He's gonna get to um, 103 RBIs this season. Julio Urias. The NL Cy Young winner, plus 3,500. That's pretty good. And Byron Buxton, AL MVP, plus 4,000. Max got Kyle Tucker at plus 3,000. And Kyle Schwarber, my old uh, former Cub home run leader, at plus 4,000. I actually thought about that one because the man, he's going to hit 225, but he's going to hit himself some dingers. I love so hitting dingers. Is that a Simpsons yeah. reference? Is that where I get hitting the dingers from? Is that from the... No, that was that was a phrase that already existed. Who I know it was a phrase that already yeah. existed, but it seems like it it was a phrase that was used during the isotope era of Simpsons. When that, I, yeah, I, I don't think it came from the Simpsons, no, but no, I do think they talk didn't. about dingers, yeah. Do you know um, what a who wants dinger, to see me hit, hit a few dingers? You were talking about names for body parts and whatever. This is not a body part. This is an item. Do you know what a dinger is in Australia? No. It goes, <laughs> over, your, it goes over your tallywhacker. Oh, like a jockstrap? No. Well, yes, but during during fun activities, it goes over a tallywhacker. Like a, like a, oh, like a condom. Correct. Okay, a dinger. Eesh. It's better than a nothing, rubber. Nothing gets in. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you just kind of. A rubber is something you use to rub out pencil. 
I, you use it to rub out a pencil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tony, let's move on from the Discord. Good stuff. If you guys want to join the Discord, by the way, uh, feel free to drop us a note on Instagram or send us an email. We will add you, and you can come participate in all the fun that's going on there and get those hot gambling tips that have been paying off, I'm sure, for, for many months now. So, Tony, why don't we move on to the uh, – well, Tony, you like to do the Logger of the Week first, so why don't we bang out the Logger of the Week? Griff's Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. Tony, I, I actually, I don't know if I have anything that interesting for Lager of the Week. I drank some Schoenrammer Hell, but I actually wanted to talk about a lager that pissed me off and disappointed Ooh. me this week. Wow. I had a lager that bugged me this week. Um, and Tony, I like this brewery. I've talked glowingly about this brewery on here because um, I went to their place in California and I really enjoyed it. Um, and this was a beer. They, they did a, a small... Um, I want to call it tap takeover because Corey's has 20 some taps and they got four taps. Um, so it's not really a tap. They didn't take over that many taps, but pure project did a event at Corey's and brought their unfiltered Pilsner called rain, which I've had before. And is typically I found or the past, the first time I had it first few times I had it pretty bright, pretty uh, nice little hot bite on it. Uh, found it pretty enjoyable. Um, so I was excited to get it again. And this last time I got it, I had it twice. My man, it's buttered. We got buttered popcorn, big buttered Ooh. popcorn vibes on rain on this batch of rain from, um, from, from pure project. So I was pretty pissed off about that. Pretty sad about it. Um, I got their hazy IPA. That was fine. That tastes all right. It wasn't yeah. crazy or anything, but it was fine. But the, the Pilsner man, that was a shame. That didn't have any of that hop. Stand out. It just had that somewhat slightly buttery taste to it. It yep. just wasn't right. So diacetyl. It's good. Just, yeah. just a, one of those things that's probably just snuck through the breweries. It's just one of those things. I, I would actually go back to that beer. I wouldn't hold it against the beer. It's just no. the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. I will more than likely be be taking a uh, a second um, a second pass for sure at the. Uh, at this one, but boy, that was that was a unfortunate experience with the pil- with the lager. But Tony, do you have any good lagers this week? Not a lager. I'm going to sneak it into this section because I just think it's a good drinking beer, and I really think that's what the lagers actually um, are there for. Mm-hmm. As Australia is getting colder, as we're heading into winter, uh, Matilda Bay, who are who were formerly a CUB brand, but are now back independent. Have a beer that I'm not sure who it's for, but it's fucking delicious. And it's Matilda Bay Original Ale. Not sure whether I mentioned mm. it on the show. Uh, it comes okay. in a weird-shaped bottle, we would call oh, it. Oh, that is an interesting can or package, yeah. <laughs> That's a super there. weird can. Um, sure, right. Because it is a bottle. It's kind of like for my Australian friends that, that know what a uh, Vic Bitter Stubby looks like, but it's had its neck stretched just a bee's dick. Um, but comes in at 4.2%, super malty, so great for drinking this, this time of year. Uh, really okay. enjoy it, but has sort of that, that more modern hop bite, that less bitterness, more hop bite, um, 4.2, great drinking, relatively cheap, non, non, 
um, <laughs> big company beer, let me put it that way. So Matilda Bay sure. Original Ale. Very exciting. Look at that. Tony, why don't we move into some of the your ales, ale-type beers of the week. I've just worked out something with that theme and why it's so fucking long, why I designed it so long. I listen to my podcasts at double the speed. I have them on 2X to get through <laughs> all the content. And I just realised that I think when I designed this, I designed it to be listened to at twice the speed, and most people don't do that. I apologise. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. If you listen at twice or more of the speed, let us know, and uh, we'll just keep it the same. Don't worry about it. Uh <laughs> Tony, what do you? How about you? Why don't you go first on this one? When you got anything you're 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 uh, you're loving this week? Yeah, actually, one that's super available in Australia because it's a, a Dan Murphy's um, staple. It's by Green Beacon. Green Beacon do a phenomenal coffee stout, but that's not what I had. I had their Scrimshaw Australian IPA. They're calling it um, mm. really delicious IPA. Um, yeah, nothing much more to say about it. Really. Killing surprisingly good, easy to come by, not too much money. Like it, big fan. Super. Well, uh, my uh, Kelly did get back from um, from Chicago, uh, and she did bring back uh, thanks to Mister W Tudes, who mulled me uh, two four packs of VSOR and two four packs of Gravedigger Billy from Revolution. Wow! So I popped a VSOR last night, and buddy, actually, I, I had it a few weeks ago. And a friend opened the can, and, and it was it was feeling a little sweet to me, but I don't know. It, it looks, sounds like a few weeks have evened it out a hair because it didn't quite hit me as too syrupy, not quite as cloying as the first time I had it. A little more barrel bite on it. Um, maybe I got the temp right or something. I don't know, but it was tasting real good. VSOR, no surprises that it's, um, it's popping off this year. So I'm lucky I got seven more cans of the damn shit to get through, but... Um, that was a big win, uh, for this week, next week. I'm hoping we'll see, I, I'm hoping to get it off, but, um, but, but Kelly did bring me back the 19.2 ounce cans of zombie dust. Oh yes. I know. I'm so excited. So I got to find somewhere to like stroll about in Vegas with my 19 <laughs> ounce can of zombie dust because I want it so bad. So, um, I got the big boy can. I'm very excited to open it and drink it. Um, don't, don't quite, I, I got to figure out a fun plan for it, but, uh, I got to drink it soon because it's not going to get any better. So, no. um, sitting in the fridge now though. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, good stuff, Tony hyper beer nerd dork shit news, I think is the next thing we do. So why don't we hit that theme, baby? Let's do that. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right. We got a little update, uh, about modern times, Tony, and, uh, let's see if I can, Let's see if I can pull that up. This is from one of one of my least favorite blogs out there, uh, Good Beer Hunting. Not that I don't think they they don't have good writers. They do have good writers. They have a few good writers. I just I find myself um, very irritated by their owner. I find him very frustrating person to uh, to follow and inter- and and 
see interacting with other people. But they do have some good writers, including Kate Bernat, who I who I think is a good writer and writes a lot of of stuff for this site. And she wrote this one, Last Ditch, Modern Times, Braces for Receivership Sale, Possible Liquidation. Now, oh, now, Town A. <laughs> um, on April sixth, that's today, and it's tomorrow. Or it's yesterday. It's not tomorrow for you guys. It's yesterday. Uh, for the gang who's listening, uh, San Diego-based Modern Times announced that one of its lending banks had initiated litigation that will likely result in the brewery being placed into financial receivership. It's the latest and most significant setback for the struggling company after leadership shared in February that it was seeking a buyer for the brewery and coffee business. If placed into a receivership, the bank will appoint an individual to be the receiver or financial decision maker for the company until it can be sold or liquidated. Uh, this is eight weeks after uh, or so, a few weeks, not even eight weeks, probably three, four weeks, five weeks since Modern Times announced it would close uh, four of its tap rooms. They laid off 75 people. Um, they have $12.9 million in debt. Um, from California Bank and Trust. They have $8 million in three loans from Live Oak Bank. So they're looking at 20-some million in debt, at least. Um, but they... Uh, at, well, in 2019, they valued themselves at $260 million. That's probably not going to be the case anymore. <laughs> doesn't no. sound like... And another problem that this brings up is that the brewery is 30% owned by an ESOP, Tony, a employee stock ownership program, which is probably not going to be good for those people who have that stock. Although... Um, I think it would mean they will get nothing. No, I, I, I don't think that's how it works. I think you would be... Well, here's what it says, Tony, before you say what you're about to say. I was going to let you embarrass yourself, and I decided to stop you. Uh, The members of the ESOP are at serious risk of losing their investment, says Thomas Fox, a partner at Tucker Ellis Law Firm's Chicago office. The only way they're going to recover anything is if the receiver is able to sell the business at a sufficient sum to pay back secured creditors and trade creditors. They're at the bottom of the stack. So if, if Modern Times is able to get this in the receiver's hands, well, they're not. If the receiver is able to s- prop this business up enough to sell it to someone for enough money to pay off 30% of Modern Times, which was presumably that employee stock ownership program, I'm going to guess was started when the company was valued at, say, $260 million and not at, oh, about, uh, sounds like less than zero right now. Um, I think there's going to be a problem for those folks. Yes, but either way, they were still unsecured creditors. So whether right. you're a stockholder or an employee, it unless you've you bought in more than than what you have in wages owing, that's the only time you're really in trouble. It's not like you're probably not going to get paid either way. But all I was just saying is that if any money does come to the owners, at least they then get a thirty percent stake in whatever minimal claim that is, unlike being um, an employee where they're often the lowest of the low, um, unpaid wages often don't get paid at all when it goes into the hands of receivers. So either way, they're screwed. I just think it gives them another option to be a little less screwed than what they are as just employees. What they're also going to have to decide is, uh, will the bank's appointed receiver, 
who is commonly an attorney, accountant, or expert in a particular business field is able to sell modern times as a going concern, which would mean an operating business, meaning they can continue to operate, or will instead liquidate the company and sell its assets piecemeal. So So is it going to be more valuable for them to try to sell the brand and the business, which I would suspect it would be, or will it be more valuable to part and parcel the, um, the, the shit, the steel, the buildings that they're probably renting the, um, any of the other materials they have in there, you know, uh, and, and sell that off, um, you okay. know, piecemeal. Here are my two thoughts on this. It's more complicated than that because you may find that there is more goodwill in the beer side and therefore they may want to sell off the beer side and, and that's what I suspect they're going to do as a brand and then just wrap up the coffee roastery as mm-hmm. an asset and sell it past as just purely um, hardware assets. But I don't know which one has better goodwill and whether they, there's enough goodwill to get more money than just selling up the assets. Just selling up the assets is a rather drastic step and most receivers It will, won't, won't make you way. any money. You're not going to make anything selling the assets. They're pretty much worthless. Um, it's, it's the breweries will have to go on like the secondary market. That's not anything. Furniture and shit, nothing. Uh, you got a couple cars probably, but like, like the hall stuff, garbage. You know, you're renting the buildings. Um, I suspect the most valuable part of modern times, if you're going to get anything out of it, is the brand. Yeah, is the goodwill that they've developed and also the IP. Because their beers right. are, are fine. They've a little... Beers are good. Yeah, it's, it's not right on the cutting edge, but still have good brand recognition. So you, you want to pay for those recipes. That's definitely a part of it. Um, yep. And I, I, I want senior brewing staff involved in that. They need to find a way to secure that mm-hmm. along with the IP to keep it a going concern. But, yeah, I, I can certainly see that being the most valuable route. And I wouldn't be surprised if another large craft brewery comes in and is able to capitalize on this and use it as part of their bigger portfolio i don't see one of the big macros coming in i i I think the ship has sailed for modern times in that regard but certainly one of the other big independents could could add that to their portfolio i think modern times stouts are their barrel aged stouts are some of the best some of the best out there um, I'd say in the whole country. So I think if, if they can, um, if they can, uh, and, and they have some good IPAs, a few good IPAs, if they can capitalize on some of that brand equity, uh, that would be good. Now it's funny yesterday, yesterday, Tony, yesterday, Tuesday, uh, silver stamp had a modern times event. <laughs> so they put a they put their pill their pilsner which is good I, ice pilsner which was aged in gin barrels which sounded good to me um i would that have tried does that, sound good i wasn't there yesterday maybe they'll have it this weekend still uh tony the top 50 brewers in the u.s were released um and i'm gonna pull up the list here uh we did this last year i'm not gonna read through all of them uh uh but this is always fun for me to see if who um who gets thrown into this into this list, but here's your top 50 list in 2021 beer sales. Tony, my number one is always my favorite one. You know who the number one is? Uh, it's the same every year as the number one. 
Is it an old brand then? If it's, it's an old brand, old, old, old brand. Old old, 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 yeah. So are we talking older than Boston Beer Company? Yes. Well, there can be only one because Anchor doesn't sell that much. Anchor sells a bit, but it can only be one, and that's you hate their beer, and I think you hate the company, Yingling. It's Yingling. You're right. Yingling's number one. Boston Beer, number two. Uh, Sierra Nevada, number three. Uh, and Duval Morkot USA number four. That would be Boulevard Firestone Walker, and whatever you, whatever Duval is made here. Uh, Bell's is number six. Stone is number nine. One of my favorites every time. New Glarus is number twelve. They only sell their beer in one state. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> That's wild. Um, which puts them above Brooklyn, number thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Um. Great Lakes, number 19, Allagash, 23, Three Floyds, 26. Kind of crazy to think about. Um, uh, Rogue still on here, 33. Ballast Point, 34. Revolution, 38. Mm. When are you going to get to number 48? Uh, 47, Left Hand. 48, Modern Times. They're one of the top 50 brewers in the country, Tony. It's crazy to think. And uh, number 50, North Coast. And then in between, there's actually some breweries I mean, I'm hardly familiar with, honestly. Um, really? Uh, there are I'm not familiar with Fiddle, Fiddlehead. No, I'm not uh, familiar with Fiddlehead. Most of the rest I know, I guess. Ninkasi is 40. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Good for them. Um, I guess uh, Athletic. So there's a non-alcoholic brewery at number 27, Athletic. I haven't liked any of their stuff. I've tried a couple of them. Not, not super. Um, 17 is Minhas. Tony, you know what Minhas is? No, I don't. Minhas makes all the Trader Joe's beers. Oh, cool. I like the fact that they're actually that high. Most of them suck, suck extreme (laughs) ass, but yeah. Yeah, but come on, that has to be getting people into that side of whoever hasn't tried it. It depends, yeah. I used to drink Simpler Times Lager. It was a Trader Joe's brand I used to drink. When I was, and it was three ninety nine. It was much better than most of the shit beer you can get. Three ninety nine for a for a six pack of it. It was pretty decent. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's your top fifty brewers in volume. Um, you know, good good for New Glarus. I always look at this and I'm like, damn, that's cool that New Glarus is twelve. And hell, Three Floyds, which doesn't really distribute outside of the the direct, the immediate Midwest. Um, I think the farthest they go is Pennsylvania. Um, you know, yep. that's pretty cool. So that's that's pretty solid. Yeah, there's a few um, that I don't recognise, but I would guess I recognise over 50% of these. There are certain names oh, yeah. that you would tell me the beers and then instantly I would recognise them. I don't know them from their, their corporate name, um, like uh, Stevens Point Brewery. I don't know who the fuck they are in Cleveland. Uh, oh, I know who Stevens Point is. In Point, Stevens Point, Point Brewing, yeah. They're in Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. Um, Canarchy? In the number seven Canarchy, spot. Canarchy is is Cigar City, Oscar okay. Blues, yep. and uh, Perrin, and somebody else, I think. Yeah. There are a few like that where I, I know the individual breweries, but I don't know the big um, umbrella name. But then there are others, like, it's great to see Allagash still in there. Um, which yeah, is a, no, it's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. And there um, are others that I want to try that have great reputations, like Kona Brewing Co- Company, um, Ninkasi. Um, yeah, 
there are a lot that I know. A left hand still doing their, their nitro stout because that was oh that yeah was a ripper. yeah that's still yeah, that's a ripping beer yeah it still kicks ass too it's I don't drink it enough but man is it tasty that's a great beer um all right Tony so last thing in the news brew dogs back in here can't be good but um it's brew dog it's not good and I'm trying to it's hard to even find a good news on this story or a good news article on this um but uh. BrewDog has essentially rejected the affected workers like platform um, from the company independent kind of company that was managing sort of their um, individual workers who have had, you know, sort of complaints of harassment or endangerment or assault. Um, BrewDog pretty much uh, said, no, we're not doing that. We're out. And, um, that's uh you know and and they've been pretty much indignant and and childish throughout the entire process um i'm having a hard time finding the the right article i want to find here uh um but but there's um they, they've it's not good and they're they're you know they are what they you're you're getting you're getting exactly what that guy is what what james watt and all those all those fools are which is they're um they're they're dickheads i mean what are you gonna get so i i can't find that i can't find the news story that i that i wanted to find but um because i'm not prepared and this is who i am <laughs> so we just have to live with that you know yeah it sounds like um there was a outside firm brought in to um work as a representative for the aggrieved employees and Brewdog have have pulled away from that and are not um, conducting anything in good faith as far as negotiations to remedy the situation. Okay, here you go. No, I found it. Brewdog chief accuses HR crisis advisor of fueling fire as toxic row with staff rages. This is from um, this is money.co.uk. Sounds legit. Um, so yeah, it is. Um, so he had con- accused the cons- the consultancy a hand in heart of making the problem worse and criticized a request by the firm for a payment of a hundred thousand pounds. Leighton said BrewDog would not be engaging the company to run a reconciliation program accused of amplifying criticism on social media. Um, earlier this year, co-founder James Watt threatened to take legal action against the BBC over a documentary, which he instead included personal attacks on his character. The company commissioned an independent review into its management culture. It committed itself to leadership training, blah, 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 blah. Um, accusations against him had triggered a period of reflection on my leadership, so on and so forth, some other garbage. Um, it is impossible for you, uh, whatever, this is all some garbage, but anyways, they're accusing the company that was doing the reconciliation program of making the problem worse by telling people what they were doing, essentially, (laughs) which maybe is not the best approach to take. Um, Anyways, uh, not a well-reported story, but um, on on my part. But they fuck them. Who cares? Uh, Brewdog sucks major ass. Yep. Let's get um, on, and they can go to hell. So let's get on to the fun part. We're gonna go play another round of fucking April Madness uh, with the with the untrapped bracket. And we're sending. 
right, Tony, it's a big week for you. This one's going to be, this one may very well make you lose your mind. Um, and me, frankly. But this is the week we've all been dreading. It's time for some New England motherfucking IPA. Okay. Um, big week. Um, so these beers, Tony, these are like, like we've been doing. We've done two regions already. Let me catch everybody up. If you haven't been watching, we've done two regions already. Uh, the winner of the uh, West Coast IPA region was uh, Russian Rivers Blind Pig IPA. The winner of the West Coast, uh, sorry, of the Pilsner region was the all-time classic Freem Pils. So we have two heavy hitters through to the final four already. And uh, we're going through some New England IPA today. So, Tony, we know there's some challenges with New England IPA. It's pretty hype-heavy. Uh, it um, it's, tends to be very seasonal in nature and, and pretty sort of um, immediate in nature. So it was a little tricky putting this bracket together. Tony, all these beers are under 8% alcohol. I have focused on IPAs. We have eliminated the double IPA. That is not okay. part of this. These are IPAs, right? Under 8, most of them around 7, between 6 and 7. Gotcha. Um, all of these beers have at least 10,000 check-ins that sort of eliminates some of the, uh, we'll say, uh, flippancy in yep. the, in the, any IPA area. So these are steady constants. These are, um, you know, classic beers from big time breweries. Now you might think that would have been easy to do. Not hard, not easy, not actually not easy to find a bunch of famous new England IPAs with 10,000 check-ins. But uh, here we are. We found them. So let's kick it off. Uh, let's kick it off with the one seed. The number one seed, Tony, is from the Alchemist. This is Focal Banger. It is not Heady Topper, Tony. Heady Topper is 8% alcohol. Yep. This is their uh, single IPA version, Focal Banger. Um, and why don't I give you the stuff that we usually do <laughs> in Untrapped um, so that you can know what it is about this beer that you need to know. So Focal is um, a, uh, by the Alchemist, you know them from Vermont. Dude, what are you doing on Tapped? Bro, <laughs> don't do this to me. Oh, no. There we go. 7% alcohol, 90 IBUs. This beer has 151,000 check-ins, Tony. And it's an American IPA with Citra, and Mosaic Hops. That's our number one seed. And the number 16, Tony, is a beer called Mirror Universe. This is from uh, Fair State Brewing Cooperative. This is a, 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 beer, a brewery that's popped up in the last handful of years from Minneapolis. Very popular brewery. Um, this one's 7%, 33 IBUs, much lower. Uh, so this one sounds heavy dry hop, but this is a double dry hopped hazy IPA brewed with wheat, oats, and too many citra, mosaic, and Eldorado hops. This one has 34,000 check-ins. So focal banger, number one in the 16 seed mirror universe. Who you got? Focal banger all the way. It's a, it, it's when you said number one seed focal banger, I knew the exact beer that you were talking about. I haven't had it, yeah. but. Yeah, there's a reason why it's the number one seed in this case. This is probably the only um, clear win 
that we're going to see. I think even when we get to the two seed, it's going to be closer. All right. All right. So the number next one, you got the eight, nine matchup. This is the eight seed ripe. Great notion. Portland. Uh, this one has 19.9 thousand check-ins, 7% 55 IBU brewed exclusively with Citra hops. That's a winner right there. You know that Tony. Ripe brings a bit of juicy haze to Portland. This award-winning IPA is loaded with tropical notes of mango and papaya. So this is an east-west matchup because the number nine seed, and I like both these beers quite a bit, Tony. The number nine seed is a beer I've talked about before. This is The Substance from Bissell Brothers in Portland, Maine. Portland on Portland violence right here. Um. So uh, the substance is the only description they give is our flagship IPA, eighty-seven thousand check-ins, six point six percent, eighty IBUs for Bissell Bros. The substance. So you got ripe number eight, the substance number nine. What do you got? I'm going to give this one to to the Bros. Bissell Brothers. I, I know you've talked about them at length. I don't know much about the other beer other than the, you've rated it higher. But I think Bissell Brothers are one that all all their beers in that style get super highly rated on Untapped, which is why they're in this bracket, let's be honest. But I'm going to put them through to at least the next round. All right. All right, Subby is through. Next up. Uh, you got the five seed. This is called Alien Church, and this is from Tired Hands. Tired Hands, maybe in the news for maybe less positive reasons of late. Uh, well, in the last six months or so, I'm not sure what they're up to these days. But uh, Alien Church, seven percent, twenty five IBU. This is a beer I've had actually, very very tasty beer. Fifty thousand check ins. Um. Alien Church is our hyperspeed reptoid alien with photosynthesizing tongue oat IPA. Brewed with an abundance of pillowy malted oats and intensely extraterrestrial hopped and dry hopped with our favorite sticky, drippy, juicy American varietals. Damn, this is really reading like weird tentacle porn or something. Uh, luscious layers of kiwi smoothie, strawberry candies, blueberry jelly, ruby red grapefruit, bright orange zest, musky tropical fruits, and drippy pineapple. So that's Alien Church, Tired Hands. That's the five seed. And here is a here's the 12 seed. We love the 5-12 matchup in the NCAA tournament, don't we, folks? This one's called The Juice is Loose. This is by Transient. Uh, this is uh, 17.4 thousand check-ins. This is 7.5 ABV. It says zero IBU. Um, hops burst out of this glass with absolutely no bitterness, bright fruit flavor of passion fruit and citrus. We will make more. We must make more. So we got transient number 12 juices loose and tired hands. Uh, the five alien church. Give me alien church for the win. This one's close, but I have no idea. All right. Next up, uh, this is, here's a fun one, the four seed, other half, Green City, 
Um, I gotta say, Tony, it was hard to find another half IPA with more than like 2000 check-ins. They just, they, all they do is bust out different IPAs. I was like, I gotta get another half in here. So this one's 7%, um, 40,000 check-ins. Our oat IPA with citrus centennial and Simcoe. Um, I've never had this one, Tony, funny enough. I think I've had DEH Green City, but, uh, that's, that's all I got on it. Uh, it's, uh, it's the four seed from other half. And then number 13 in the Chicago area, hard to find a Chicago IPA with 10,000 check-ins, by the way. Also, this is called juice pants. This is from Maplewood in Chicago. I think I've talked about them on here. This is a very nice beer. I've rated this beer a five, Tony, if you're wondering, uh, juice pants is a heavily hopped hazy IPA showcasing both citra hops and cryo as well as mosaic hops and cryo. This juice bomb is exploding with stone fruit and tropical flavors. Stay woke to the pants. So you got the four seed other half, 13 seed maple wood juice pants up against a, up against a titan of the industry there. Juice pants is going to get pants. They don't get through. They get knocked out right. at this stage. All right. Next up, we're going to Boston, Tony. We have Trillium Melcher Street. Uh, this is a IPA. Oh, damn. 7.2%. This has 36,000 check-ins. Um, this popular edition in our street series of India Pale Ales spotlights the remarkably complex mosaic hop. Melcher Street is hazy, pale orange in appearance, and emits aromatic qualities of grapefruit, mild earthy pine, and mango on the nose. Dank flavors of pine and green hop, along with juicy notes of tropical fruit. Melon and peach are accentuated with crisp malt character, mild bitterness, and a soft effervescent mouthfeel. God damn, Tony. Why do they write so many words about these beers? They all almost taste the same. <laughs> it's fucking crazy to me. Um, there are more words about these beers, these New England beers, than there are about the West Coast beers. Like, there's more words in one description than all of those combined, it feels like. It's crazy. Um, and the 14 seed here, that's the three seed Melcher Street from Trillium. And this is in, in the steep, is the 14 seed from Outer Range Brewing in Frisco, Colorado. Um, IPA, hops are citra, tasting notes, grapefruit, tangerine, Apricot, 6.9%, 17,000 check-ins for In the Steep, the 14 seed from Colorado against Trillium's Melcher Street. Okay. Going to think outside the box. I'm thinking outside the bun, gang. I'm going to say the thin air, Colorado air, mixed with the legalized weed, gets the upset. All right. He's got In the Steep. Wow. We do have in the right. getting through in my bracket. Anyway. All right. Tony, going bold here today. We appreciate it. We love it. Next up, we have the Six Seed. This is a beer you're probably familiar with, Tony. Juicy Bits, Weld Works from Greeley, Colorado. Beer I've had a, a good handful of times. Flagship IPA features a huge citrus and tropical fruit, char- fruit hop character from the Mosaic. Citra and Eldorado hops and softer, smoother mouthfeel from the adjusted water chemistry, higher protein malts and lower attenuation. End result of it is a beer reminiscent of citrus juice with extra pulp. Uh, 58.6 thousand check-ins for Juicy Bits. 
Okay. 6.7%. And then uh, the 11 seed is a beer called Fresh from Civil Society. Not sure. I've talked about them on this show or not. I've been there. Good beer. Um, this is, yeah, Fresh. 6.2%. 24,000 check-ins on this one. IPA with Citra and Columbus hops. That's all you get on that one. Juicy Bits. So goes juicy through. Bits. Juicy Bits is through. And two more matchups left in the first round. This is the number seven seed. Fuzzy Baby Ducks. Fuzzy Baby Ducks by New England Brewing Company. 6.2%. 21.5,000 check-ins. Yep, we're the ones who make this. A member of our single hop beer club, this IPA is both brewed and dry hop, nothing but Citra hops. That's it. All Citra. And that's what gives you the big mango, papaya, and citrus taste that makes tongues celebrate and lines of beer fans fans (laughs) form to uh, sample this beauty. Sorry, my tongue got really big there at the end. So Fuzzy Baby Ducks, the 7 seed, and the 10 seed is Master Shredder from the Vale in Richmond, Virginia, I believe. Um. Master Shredder, this one's in the low alcohol territory, 5.5% for Master Shredder, 50 IBU, 14K check-ins on this, our house IPA that's heavy on the mosaic with juicy notes of cantaloupe, melon, orange, and blueberry. Fuzzy Baby Ducks, 7, Master Shredder, number 10, good matchup. Master Shredder for the win. Low alcohol, underdog gets through. Wow, crazy. All right. Last one, the 215. This is the two seed. It's Treehouse, Tony. Treehouse, Julius. Julius gets through. Tell me who's going against it and tell me the uh, Against number 15, Bearded Iris's home style. Bearded Iris from Tennessee. So uh, do you need me to – here, let me read you the Julius description. 6.8%, 72 IBU. Bursting with pungent American hops, Julius – is a bright, juicy beer filled with flavors and aromas of mango, peach, passion fruit, melange of citrus, citrus juice, a soft, pillowy mouthfeel, and rounded bitterness. Ensure Julius will never tire the palate. And then Home Style by Bearded Iris. Home Style, a single... Uh, sorry, this juicy, single-hopped IPA is packed full of mosaic, 6%. 69.4 thousand check-ins for Homestyle. Julius gets through. He likes Julius. All right. Let's run down the first round, Tony. Here we go. You chose Focal Banger over Mirror Universe. The whistle has blown on this one, and Focal Banger is through to the second round. There you go. You chose Subby, the substance in the Battle of Portland. Um uh, the two Portlands, anyways, over Ripe by Great Notion. Tony, you were wrong. The There is no upset there. The eight seed is through. Ripe beats the substance. Can't really call that an upset. Eight, nine matchup. Like, oh, it's not an upset. You didn't get, you had yeah, the upset. I had. Yeah. But either way, whatever that, it's not much of an upset. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Next up, you had. A, oh, sorry. Uh, Mirror Universe left the world with a 4.09. <laughs> the 16 seed left the uh, contest with a 4.09. Uh, 
Uh, the number nine seed, the substance, has been defeated. They had a 4.15. They're out. Uh, after that, you had the uh, you had Alien Church from Tired Hands, the five over number twelve. Juice is loose. Tony, that's an upset right there. Juice is loose. Is through. That one the was always tight. Forget about your beats, things. Beats out. Yo, I'm just guessing on these seedings. Yes, I can't remember. So Alien Church is out with a 4.23, Tony. Ooh, heavy hitter. If it gets a different matchup, uh, I think that's going through. All right, next up you had Green City over Juice Pants from Maplewood. Green City takes this one. Juice Pants uh, leaves the contest with a, uh, a respectable 4.07. Uh, after that, you had 14 seed in the steep beating Trilliums. Classic Melcher Street. Uh, that did not happen. Oh. Uh, in the steep, in the steep is jettisoned from the contest. 4.14 for in the steep. See you later, gang. Um, that's a pretty good score, to, though. Oh, these are all good scores, Tony. <laughs> um, after that, you had. Um, uh, Juicy Bits. You had Juicy Bits going through over Civil Society's Fresh. That is correct. Juicy Bits is through. They uh, Fresh exits with a 4.05. Honestly, a little compared to these other ones, I like Fresh, so maybe I don't know what's going on with that. Um, still, it's a good rating, so whatever. Uh, after that, you had Master Shredder beating Fuzzy Baby Ducks. Uh, Master Shredder did not beat Fuzzy Baby Ducks. Master Shredder loses and they're out of here so you're wrong on that one and uh, uh master shredder leaves they had a 4.09 and then you had julius over homestyle that was correct julius is through uh homestyle leaves they had the lowest score of the whole group really? uh, homestyle had a 4.02 that's the lowest of well, all of these if, see 15 or 16 should really have the lower score. So your guess was pretty good. When you Close on that one. Yep. Yep. A couple of these I'm not feeling great about. All right. Um, well, that's not true. So it's not totally chalk, honestly. It was mostly chalk. So we have the one, the eight, the 12, the four, the three to six, and the seven to two. So only one isn't, isn't total chalk. Yeah. Um, only juice is loose is the upset. So the rest are chalk. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close actually. Next up. All right. One and eight. It's focal banger against ripe by you have four points, by the way, Tony, you have four points. Yeah. We need you to get to, what is it? 16 yeah. to get out of the well. So, uh, focal banger against ripe focal banger. Two points through. for this one. He's got focal through on that one. Very good. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be tough next to beat. Up, so it'll come down. Focal's going to be a tricky one. Yep. Next round, you have other halves. Green City, the four seed against the 12 seed. Juice is loose. See, I don't know where to put this. I really don't know where Juice is loose fits in. Um, do the upsets continue? They are the Davidson of this bracket. They go through. All right. Okay, interesting. Next up, boy, these are some... Big time beers here. Melcher Street, Trillium, number the three seed, and Weldworks Juicy Bits, the six seed. 
I eliminated it in the first round, but Melcher Street goes through and gets the dub. All right. All right. There we go. Then at the end here, last one of the second round, Treehouse Julius, the two seed, New England Brewing Co.'s Fuzzy Baby Ducks, uh, a beer I've always wanted to have. I think I've had sippies of it, probably, um, at, a, at a bottle share or something, but I really want to have a whole can of it. Um, they're the seven seed, Juli- taking on Julius. Tough draw right there. Yeah. I'm sorry, Fuzzy Baby Ducks. I, I think you're a giant slayer, but I think you've got a bad matchup there. All right. All right, Tony. Let's go down that round. You're going to be feeling good about this round, I Ooh. think. Tony, focal banger, takes out Ripe. Ripe is out with a 4.23. Jesus, we're getting to some heady territory here. Uh, you chose Juice is Loose over Green City. You wanted to take out the other half, and Tony, you made the right choice. Juice is Loose takes out Green City. Green City leaves with a... a Somewhat paltry comparatively to my expectations, 4.14. You had Melcher Street beating Juicy Bits. Tough one, but you got it right. Melcher Street takes out Juicy Bits. Juicy Bits out of here with a 4.19. And then you had Julius over Fuzzy Baby Ducks. You were right. But it is it is crazy because Fuzzy Baby Ducks is leaving with a four point two eight. Okay, Ooh, that is got some monsters in here. Yep that that was a as I called it at the time. I said it was a bad match matchup for it. So yeah, so like you're that. up to twelve points, Tony. You got a chance here. Yep. We'll do the final two rounds of the regional, the Elite Eight, and the or yep. sorry, this is the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight rounds here here together as we've done in the past so first off you've got focal banger alchemist uh against transients little little engine that could the 12 seed juice is loose i'm sorry juice your time has come you've created great excitement but you can't get over the banger focal banger gets through all right and then you've got the battle of massachusetts uh, the two seed Treehouse Julius against the three seed Trilliums Melcher Street. The three seed gets up Melcher Street for All the right. win. Don't know what's changed my mind on that beer. Just a gut feel. So. All right. And here's your final focal banger against Melcher Street. Melcher Street for the win. All right. He likes Melcher Street to win it. Trillium, baby. Hey, I've been to Trillium. It does kick ass. Right next to a good oyster restaurant. Um, actually, never been to Treehouse, and I have had Focal Banger. I have had Julius. They're both very wonderful beers. Those Trillium IPAs definitely hit, though. So let's see how you did. Tony, you took Focal to get three over Juices Loose. That was correct. Juices Loose. Uh, they leave with a 4.24. Uh, 4.24 for Juices Loose on their way out. Their toughest matchup, it was against that alien church. They won by a hundredth over Alien Church. It was a close one. You chose Melcher Street to beat Julius. This was a big bet by you. And Tony, it was the wrong bet. Uh, No, now it was Julius. Julius is through. 
Melcher Street exits with a 4.28. I don't feel bad then, unless the other two are rating in the 4.4s, which they could be. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And then the winner, Tony, Julius versus Focal Banger. This one surprised me a little bit. Julius? It's Julius. Julius wins it. Focal Banger gets a 4.41. And Julius... A 4.49 for a (laughs) 6.8% IPA, Tony. So, Tony, let's add them up. You got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, Tony. You've gotten to six. You've you've broken the the glass. uh, Ceiling? uh, uh, I don't even know. It's not even a ceiling. You've you stood up and no, broke the no glass. That's, like, that's waist waist high. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, you you at least cracked the code to get halfway to the amount of points that were available. So um, we're going to give you that. You're out of the well for a week until next week. But that's pretty good. That was boy. Then you can see why I have to figure out a normalization for these ratings because Julius has a four point four nine untapped yeah. rating and. Uh, say Freem Pills has a three point seven four. That's fucked. Um, Tony, what should we do next week? What do you think? What do you think our regional should be next week? We have we've done West Coast IPA, New England IPA. I think we got to do a dark beer. Should yep. we do? Should we do sweet stout? Should we? I mean, we've kept everything pretty drinkable. Do we want to do like a barrel aged, or should we try to do a drink another drinkable category like a like no, a? I say. I say barrel age. That's the only stipulation I'm going to put on it, barrel age. And barrel age. It just has to keep up with your 10,000 check-ins because I think that eliminates a lot with barrel age. That's going to – dude, you know how many beers I had to look up to get here? Um, It's wild. You're going to have to look up 300, 400 beers to get this list together. So sorry for your luck, but I reckon that's the way to go. There you go. Okay, congrats to Treehouse for for a big win. Yep. Um You you guys, you know, feel free to reach out to us if you want your uh, you know award. Yep. And um, for winning the regional, that is. And if you want to reach and, out, uh, you can do that via Instagram. We are at, at Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. That's right. Um, Very good, Tony. Why don't you tell them where they can get us on Untap too? Yeah, you can find Griff AD, and that is the man opposite me in a virtual space. Um, that's where that's he right. hangs out on Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. If you want to send us an email, we are <laughs> beerengineshow at gmail.com. You can find links to give us a tip also at the on the website. So that's perhaps the best way to do it. Um, and yeah. that is Beer Engine Show or Beer Engine Pod. I never know the Beer Engine Show.com is our website. And yep. if you want to donate to our Kofi, you can. Our coffee, our Kofi. It's ko-fi.com slash beer engine podcast. You can send us a, a a buck or two. And you'll get the Discord link. Oh, what a free gift. It's the greatest. Um, hey, one thing. I, I want to get a poll from our Discord uh, group. Um, and if you're not on there, like I said, feel free to join. Drop us a note on Instagram or on email, show at gmail.com. Uh Merch. You guys like merch? You guys want to make a shirt or something? It ain't hard to do. It's easy as shit to get someone to make a shirt for you. Uh, especially if you want it on that fucking Gildan hard ass tight like box 
shirt that fits like a like you're a cube, like your SpongeBob shape. I used to love we those get shirts you, when I was. We can get you. Hat. We can get you one of those. Um, or we could be nice and get you something on like an American apparel shirt that's actually soft or whatever. So um, if you guys got any merch uh, desires, drop us a note on the uh, on the Discord or send us an email. And we'll uh, we'll think about it. Nothing gross. Don't ask for a dildo or a cum rag or something. That's nasty. Why not? Everybody needs them, especially when you're down a well. We, <coughs> I, he, now he's thinking, tidy, bro. Okay. Here's a merch idea. Thinking out loud. Dual purpose moisturizer. Think about it. Dual purpose mm-hmm. moisturizer. We remember Brian was big into the expensive hand cream for his uh, personal fun times down in his virtual well. See, I'm. Uh, I feel like hand cream is usually dual purpose. It depends on what you're using, though. I'm not using. But that's see, what- I use. See, Tony, you got to use here in Vegas. You got to be using that O'Keefe's working hands stuff. <laughs> And you don't want to. You don't need to be massaging your schlong with that stuff. That's not. That's not necessary. You don't need something that heavy duty. <laughs> you don't for it. It's not chapping. Are you? Ch- how hard are you doing this? And down in that well, are you chapping that shit off? I don't know. Well, you, you said some very important words. Down in that well. That's the important part that you've got to remember. It's dank down there. You should be too humid. Come there on. You go. Right, I, I always thought there was a dehumidifier down there. Oh. Okay, sorry. Shit. Well, all right. Let's wrap this up before we go too haywire. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>